Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters Podcast from GP Strategies. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts, exploring best practices and innovative insights to help you and your organization improve performance. Hello, and thank you for joining. My name is Keith Keating, and I'm the Senior Director of Global Learning Strategies at GP Strategies, supporting our global partners. Today, I am joined by Sally Velistra, Senior Manager at General Motors Center of Learning, whom I also have the pleasure of partnering with for the last five years, and who also happens to be one of my favorite people. Sally, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Five years. Boy, that has flown by, right? Absolutely. And I guess, what is the, the saying? You know, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. So for us, at least for me, it definitely has flown by. Yep, for sure, for sure. So today we're going to be talking about the evolutionary journey that we have been on at the Center of Learning over the past five years to becoming a high-impact learning organization. But before we start down our path on that topic, Sally, will you please tell our audience a little bit about yourself and the Center of Learning? As you mentioned, Sally Valistra the, with the Center of Learning at General Motors, and I'm the senior manager there. So I lead the team that does our dealer and field organization training. So when you think of General Motors in the U.S., that's Chevy, Buick, GMC, and Cadillac. And we have our global counterparts that we also work with and another of, another group of ancillary products, like we just announced Bright Drop is a new product for us and a lot of EV work being done. So we have our fingers in a lot of different areas of the business, but our primary goal is making sure that our dealer personnel are trained and can deliver the best customer experience possible. And just to give a little context also to the audience, globally, I think we have around 170,000 employees that we're responsible for from a learning and development perspective. So it's quite a massive learning organization. Correct. Yeah. In the U.S., we have 4,000 dealers and yeah, anywhere between 100,000 U.S. specific, 150,000 uh, learners within that dealer network. So, yeah, it's a it's a matrix organization, as you can imagine, with varying brands and, you know, fleet services, all that type of stuff. But it makes it really interesting and fun to work with so many different different groups and, and on, you know, great products. Absolutely. So thanks, Sally, for that. So let's jump right into our topic of the day, but let's start with more of a fundamental question. And that is, in your opinion, what is a high impact learning organization? How would you define that? For me, a high impact learning organization really focuses on the impact and the impact that we're having with our learners and how we can help them be better at what they do and, you know, hopefully be successful in their chosen career and, you know, helping support them in that. So to me, high impact learning organization definitely focuses on the learner. And then also I like the idea of a high impact learning organization because it can be measurable. You know, we can measure our impact. You know, a number of years ago, we wanted, we said we wanted to be a world-class learning organization, which is great, um, but it's very subjective of what does world-class mean. And I just feel like a high-impact learning organization is more well-defined of the journey that we want to go on and, and what our goals and vision are. Yeah, I love that. I think a lot of organizations strive to be world class, but when it comes down to how do you 
identify or quantify what that means. That's where the struggle is. And so we've made a very specific, concentrated effort of part of being world-class is being impactful, but not just being impactful, but high impact so that we're driving performance support for the organization. Right. And we're thinking about the learner and the solutions that we're delivering. Are they relevant to our learners? Because we could train them on a lot of stuff, but what will make the most impact for them and then for us as a business as well? So what are three characteristics of a high impact learning organization? You know, as our, as our audience is thinking about whether or not they are or where they are on that journey for you when you think about high impact learning organization or the acronym, which we all love acronyms, HILO. Uh, what are three characteristics of HILO? I like to think of it in three areas and one would be our team. So our internal selves, what are we doing to upskill ourselves and being the best business partner that we can be? Um, and then the second area is really focusing on business results. So we don't make training for the sake of making training. We understand what the business priorities are and make sure that we're prioritizing them when we think about where we're putting resources and you know where, where we spend our time um, that we're thinking about the business priorities. And then ultimately, I think the other, the leg of that stool is the learner. So having a modern learner solution and thinking about our learners and making it easy for them to access training, making it personal for them so that it's relevant to what they need, making it engaging so they want to go out and take it, you know, putting it in the flow of work so it's not so arduous to do training. So I really, to me, I like to think of the characteristics of a high-low organization of, you know, like I said, ourselves. Are we the best that we can be at our profession? Our business partners, are we supporting them and their business priorities? And then ultimately our learner, and are we giving them what they need to grow and be successful? Absolutely. I think you've done a fantastic job of trying to emphasize the importance of the team itself being strong practitioners, being strong business partners. And another word that we like to use is being trusted advisors for the business, because everything that we do in the center of learning relates back to a business priority. And so that way we're defining, how do you define a high impact organization? By driving impact, driving high impact. How do we do that? By making sure that everything that we do is focused on those business priorities. So how would you describe the center of learning five, six years ago when we started at the very beginning of this journey compared to where we are today in 2021? Yeah, it's interesting to look back over time. Someone had done the analogy of like, you know, when you're, it's the beginning of summer and you're trying to teach your kids to swim and you think like they're never going to get this and you struggle through the summer. And then at the end of the summer, you're like, look at that, they're swimming, (laughs) you know, um, And I think the journey is like that, like every day there's, you know, new challenges and are we doing the right thing, moving in the right direction, but it's fun and like an opportunity like this to look back and reflect on, like, oh, we have made progress, you know, when you take a step back. So I would say at the beginning of our journey, I like to think of it, of this continuum of like at the beginning of our journey, we were very effective. We we delivered training in a timely manner and it was cost effective and we got it out there. So we were effective in in our training and really where we wanted to go was take that next step to being a 
business results oriented. So not only when people come to us and ask for training, do we deliver on that training, but now we we start making decisions as a learning organization of, you know, everybody, there's a lot of requests for training out there. Where are we going to put our resources? You know, because we don't all have unlimited funds of where we're going to spend our money. So then really getting focused on the business results. And now feel like we, you know, you can always improve in that area, but I feel like we have a better understanding of that. And we really are taking the step to be performance improvement focused. So, you know, that's our continuum of journey and really thinking about our learners and, you know, helping our business partners make good decisions on, on learning. So to me, like where we started our journey, very effective and efficient moved on to business oriented and then performance improvement oriented. I would also say from our own internal team, we've taken this idea of, you know, I hate to call it order takers, but, you know, someone comes to us and says, we need an hour long training session on whatever topic. And we're like, okay, great. When do you need it? And we've really move from that to really understanding like well what what what's the problem that you're trying to solve and how will you know it's successful um you know so we can be more trusted advisor you mentioned that uh, term keith earlier so moving to the people who help help our business come up with the best solution so instead of just like yeah we can do an hour-long web class really understanding is it one web class or is there a journey of things that people need to know so i do feel like the team has really moved along well in in that regard so you know there's obviously a lot of challenges along the way of helping our business partners move forward and our learners move forward um, from what they've always known but it's also you know the journey has been very rewarding too to see where we are today when you do take a minute to reflect back where we were and where we are today so also very rewarding and very rewarding to see the team members on our team that we work with you know grow and be be trusted advisors to their business units and part of the value of that too that we've seen is having those conversations be proactive instead of reactive whereas i think where we were five or six years ago was more of an afterthought and now we're a forethought you know and you you said at the beginning of this question, the analogy about the swimming. And I would I would say yes and to the next level that now we're the lifeguards. <laughs> we're, you know, we're helping other people learn how to swim. So not only have we learned, but we're sharing that knowledge, sharing those best practices as true practitioners. And that's really strengthening our partnership with our business partners in terms of being recognized as trusted advisors because now they trust us and they want us rather than the the business partners prescribing the solution to us they're now asking us and that's the position that we want to be in and i think that's still a huge challenge in our industry in the learning development industry that many of us are still treated as order takers and and we need to be recognized as trusted advisors but part of that is about our practitioner skills and creating that trust. Trust isn't just given to us. We have to demonstrate it. I think the team has done such a great job with that. It is really, yeah, of, of building that trust is so important and understanding 
the business so that you can ask great questions and, you know, offer good solutions. I was saying, I agree with your point too, Keith, about just being proactive and, you know, having, I think we've gone from hopefully, you know, and most, obviously there are always things that are like, we need training in two weeks <laughs> that pop up. But I feel like we, for the, the major projects, we have people aligned with the business that, you know, can anticipate some of those needs and, and, and help with and, and be that trust advisor and and you know i always think it's great when people they'll say like we have this thing but i don't know what the solution is but that i mean that's your area of expertise or you know you can let us know what you think so i think that that's a good sign for the team too when they trust us to come up with the solution definitely so share a little bit about what the journey was like from then five six years ago to today yeah. Yeah. It's, it's many steps forward and then many, you know, a few steps back and hopefully you're making more steps forward than back, but so challenging, as I mentioned before, the, the journey, I, I think it's also been very rewarding to see that progress that we've made, you know, to see like we've, we've aligned um, our training managers with our business partners and to see those relationships be built over time. So we have a full understanding of their business and, and then they have trust in us to come up with the best solution. So the journey, it's been an interesting one because, you know, just because a person says it doesn't make it so. There's a lot of work that happens. You know, it's a whole change management. How do you how do you change things? And you, you take steps and you make progress. And, you know, you think of yourself as the instrument of change and I can change myself and then I can help others change as well. So the journey has been fun and rewarding and challenging all all in one, but it's so great to see the progress that we've made just as a company and the, the solutions that we deliver. I want to drill down maybe one, one level deeper and, and get your insights in terms of some tactical strategies or some tactical approaches that you use that others could consider leveraging when they're looking to evolve into being a high impact learning organization. Yeah. When I said, you know, earlier we talked about what are the three elements, what would you consider three elements of a high impact learning organization? And just going back to that is, you know, one is your our own team. And so I think tactically, I, I still kind of break it into those areas and thinking about our own team and, you know, on that journey we at the beginning of that journey we didn't have the skills to be confident in solutions like if we if someone would come and say we need a you know one hour web class we just didn't have the confidence to be able to say, well, that's probably not the best solution that you're looking for. I would suggest doing X, Y, Z, or let me think about it and come back to you. And so I think tactically, one thing is upskilling your own internal team to make sure that they have the skills to be confident when they're talking about learning solutions. And I would add one caveat on that within General Motors, typically my the team members that join the center of learning team, they come from other areas within GM. They might have called on dealers in our field organization or been in another area of business. So they don't have a full, they don't have a background typically in learning and development. So for them, you know, tactically get them upskilled in in what learning and development is. So we, I, I've sent them through a training manager certification program just to get the basics down of what 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 we do and what's how does this 
impact, you know, the organization. So I would say upskilling the team, you know, making sure that they have all the knowledge and resources to be confident in themselves and and our solutions. And then a, a shared vision, you know, having a shared vision across our organization about what do we do? I think having a shared vision can lead to setting up your, your strategies that lead to tactics. And then, you know, if we all start there, I think it becomes, it can add to clarity and help people make better decisions of if we know, like, you know, from an overall perspective from a G, at GM, EVs, electric vehicles are important to us. So, you know, the team knows that and it helps them make better decisions as they're working with their business partners. So would say upskilling. And then another thing from a tactical perspective, when you think of a high impact learning organization is just knowing the business of your business partners. So our training managers are aligned with the different lines of business that we have. We have, you know, new product launches, which are so exciting for our brands, Chevy, Buick, GMC, and Cadillac. EV, we have our fleet customer, which is a very complicated business. And we have someone who's dedicated to them or part of their role is dedicated to them. You know, we have our after sales organization from a service perspective. So just having people that can really get a full understanding of their line of business and then what those what the priorities are for that part of the business. We typically, you know, at the beginning of the year, talk to our business partners and understand not just from a training perspective, but from a business perspective, what are your challenges for the year? And then, you know, that can help us again with the proactive solutions and helping them formulate suggestions or ideas. And then I think the other thing, too, is just, uh, you know, in an organization our size is being networked. Keith, you and I had talked about earlier about our own team of making sure, you know, that we're communicating back and forth. And we have we call them theme teams looking at different topics of interest of, you know, learner experience. And we have people from, you know, instructional designers, training managers across the board coming together because people can tend to. To get siloed in their what they're working on, which you know they have work to do. So of course they they need to focus on that. But helping then the team see across the center of learning and how the role that they do ties in with everyone else, and then being networked across the larger organization and making sure that we have contacts, you know, that at every level and we're talking to them and checking in with them. I think that those are some tactical that we try and focus on to just, you know, continue to go after this high impact learning organization. I'm kind of thinking about that, that networked image in my head. I see a, a lattice where it's, you know, everything is connected in, in every different direction. And to emphasize your point, that's, that's been a great area of strength for the team is focusing on that. And then I would also say something else I think you've done a really great job with in the team is upskilling. And, and you mentioned that, but it's it's a challenge, I think, in the industry for learning and development practitioners because we're often advocating being, we need our learners or our talent to be lifelong learners. And we're advocating this phrase, but then when you ask, what are you doing to further develop yourself, your career? How are you staying active in learning and development? There, there tends to be a little bit of a challenge when you ask a learning development practitioner that. And 
something that you've done with the, the themes is creating that network, that lattice, the developing relationships across multiple groups, and then switching them up so that their themes aren't just focused on, on that one. It's about a, about a year, year and a half after everyone started becoming subject matter experts in their theme that it was, okay, let's switch it up. So now you can learn something else. And so I think that's been a really great strategic approach for getting uh, that, that cross collaboration. I would say there's one more too that I would add that that we haven't talked about yet. And that's the fact that we have won, Center of Learning has won over 29 awards in the last five, six years. And I think awards are a great way to identify or measure yourself as where you are on that journey to be a high impact learning organization. And for us, it's not about winning the award itself. It's about that the structure of the process that goes into the, the formalized approach to responding to those award requirements or submissions, and then the recognition that comes from your peers outside of your organization. I would completely agree with that. Yeah, we have, it's been great for the team to be able to submit for awards and, and have success in that area. But I wholeheartedly agree with you of, you know, I think the biggest thing about um, submitting for awards is just really understanding the criteria of the award. Like if you think about when you're submitting for a training award, those the, the questions that they're ask, asking are things that, you know, lead to success. And so it's a great measuring stick to look at those questions and think about, it's a great reflection tool too, to think about where have we done this well and, you know, which of these things don't we do very well or we're struggling for examples in it. And it's just a great measuring stick to reflect. And then also, you know, see where you're doing well or where you have opportunities. Well, the other piece too is that it becomes a tangible asset after you have written it that you can use for all of your team to review because often our teams only see that one silo area that they're focused on with your instructional designer or project manager. This allows you to see the full picture of the work that you're doing and how it contributes to the larger goal. It's also a great tool for new hires. If a new hire comes in and you want to help expose them to the work that you've done, what a better way than to give them one of the award submissions, which essentially is a case study on your work. It's a great way to, to really integrate them into your team. So what are three lessons that you've learned along the way in the past five, six years on this journey? I think the biggest lesson for me is just it's not a linear process of like when you read, we have our book club that Keith leads for us, which has been great. And one, I can't remember which book we were reading. And it was talking about how someone, you know, planned, a, a, they like overthrew a government or something and it was their process. And it was like, do you think that they like had this mapped out and it just, you know, they followed step one, two, three, and four, and then it worked. Um, like, gosh, there'd be a lot of governments that got overthrown. Case study. <laughs> Beautifully written, <laughs> I should say. Right, yeah. But, you know, that's 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 like case studies. Like you can't show this messy. It would be like a thousand pages long if you gave all the nitty gritty details behind, you know, making progress or, or achieving something. So I get it. Like, you know, you have to be able to tell your story succinctly. But it is it's just a, a lesson. Like it's not linear. You're going to make progress. You're going to take, you know, the, the read a lot and, you know, take some good ideas from other people and see how they 
would apply and try it's things. Agile. And then, it's messy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You try things and that didn't work. So you pivot and try something different or you learn, you know, throw it away. You've learned from it and move on. So it's definitely, I think, a big lesson learned is like it's not this neat linear process. At least it hasn't been in our experience. So that would be one lesson learned. I think another one is just the importance of measurement in you know, I think our organization has become better at that over time. And the, you know, early days, I would consider, I guess that was probably something when we were talking about earlier about the journey or early starting out, we didn't measure a lot of stuff. You know, we measured level one, were people happy with the class and how many people took it and that type of stuff. But really, you know, to think of a high impact learning organization, to have data and make data driven decisions, it's important to measure things. And and so I think that that's a lesson that we've learned along the way is the importance of measurement and having analysis and reflecting on what went well and what didn't. And then, you know, there's probably, there's many lessons learned along the way. Another one is just, again, the relationships and building those relationships and having trust in each other to make, to make it work. And, you know, it's not the, I think the other thing too, that we've learned is like, just because I have this great idea and I think that, you know, you should do this project this way. It doesn't mean it has to be the final solution. It's like, it's not an answer of it's this or, you know, take this or what is it, this or the highway or whatever. Like there's room for negotiating or getting other people's input. So it might not be the final solution that we come up with, but just having those relationships to have, Um, great discussion, open and honest, transparent discussions would be another lesson. And you've talked a little bit about measurement throughout our conversation. I want to drill down into that a little bit deeper because, as you said, it's a really important aspect of being a high-impact learning organization. So what are some different ways that you measure your progress on the road to being a high-level? I think, you know, just like everyone else, we think of the levels of evaluation. So pretty good at the level one of did people like the class and how many people took things and more of the operational stuff. So we have a, you know, quarterly operations update on number of courses and who's completed what and did they like it, which is great and important. And then, you know, some of the other things that we've gone after is just doing learner survey, you know, on a regularly scheduled time frame that, you know, are, are we developing, are we delivering relevant solutions for our learners? And, you know, is it helping them in their job to be better at their job? So learner feedback. We also like to survey our business partners to make sure that we are focusing on what's important to them and we understand their business and can be good business partners to them. So I think, you know, from a survey data perspective, we have that. And then we also do go after some level four evaluations of, and not everything, because, you know, that takes obviously a lot of time and and effort to get to that level. But key projects that we have, if we have a new product launch, when we launched our new Escalade, you know, we had a, a roadmap of training and we want to make sure that it had impact on the organization. So that was one that we took a little bit more time to understand, you know, what, what that was 
what what the return was on that that plan. So you know, thinking about what are some key projects for level four evaluation, and then I think the other one, measurement wise, would be pilots that we do. So when we try something new, you know, that's an investment again of time and money. And is it did it work? And would we continue doing it? And making sure that we have a robust measurement plan for new things that we're trying. And that one's tough too, because, you know, sometimes you want to measure right away to see, is it having impact? But a lot of times when you're trying something new, it takes a while for it to catch on. So getting the balance on those, those pilots and the measurement in the pilots to make sure we're not, you know, we don't want something to live on forever. That's not beneficial, but we also don't want to, you know, shut something down early when it just didn't have the chance to grow and be the best that it could be. We've been very strategic on creating a culture where there's not a fear of failing. And one of my favorite acronyms for fail is first attempt in learning. Because every failure data point is still a data point. It still identifies maybe what didn't work in that moment so that we don't continue going down that path. We can get closer to a solution that does work. So I think that that you've done a really great job with creating this idea of just prototype, just try it out, just test it. And if it doesn't work for what we needed it to, let's just document it and let's continue moving on. Yeah, I hope that that's one thing the team is comfortable with because, you know, I just I want people to try things and we know not everything is going to work. But, you know, I've, again, your first attempt in learning, like, you know, we've learned something from it. We that might be like we've learned that we're never going to do that again. But typically there are, you know, there are a lot of great success stories. And I also think the other thing with innovation is just the it's hard. I would assume it's the same in other companies. It's hard to get them off the ground you know there's a lot of well what if this happens or what if that happens and just trying to make it as easy as possible for the team to try new things and not to have to hopefully worry so much about roadblocks or you know naysayers and that type of stuff so trying to make it as easy as possible for people to try new things Absolutely. So Sally, we've talked about the evolutionary journey where we were five, six years ago, where we are today, how we got there. We've talked about some tactical approaches and strategies that our audience can apply. What's next for the evolutionary journey of the Center of Learning? Yeah, this is definitely a journey. We're by no means there. So it's exciting to think about the future and where we'll go. I think really when I think about where we've been, you know, we are efficient, effective up front and then, you know, focused on business results. And the next step really and the thing that we're working on now is that performance improvement. So really focusing in on that and how can we provide engaging learning and things that are easy to access and that's personalized to them and in, in, in the moment of need. Um, so continuing that journey to make sure we have great learning out there for our learners. And then the other thing from a General Motors perspective is our focus on EVs, electric vehicles. And we want to be part of that solution, too, and, and provide, you know, put our stamp on it from a learning perspective and provide great training to our dealers so that they can answer questions. And, you know, the, it, it can be confusing from an electric vehicle standpoint. That's a big shift. 
shift. So, you know, making sure that we're providing the skills and the knowledge necessary for our dealers and our field organization to be able to help customers with that switch and, and answer questions along the way. And then to think of it from, a, you know, it's a big, it's something new for GM, thinking of EVs, what is new and exciting that we can use from a modern modern learner experience perspective. So those are some of the things that I think about and, you know, as we evolve our center of learning team and, and continue to focus on uh, high impact learning organization. Thank you for that, Sally. It's a really great example of the direction that the center of learning is headed in. And I'll just share from a personal point of view, it's been really exciting to be a part of this team over the, and the journey over the last five years of this evolution to becoming a high impact learning organization. And I think one point for clarification, we're just not throwing that term around as saying that this is what we are. We have also been recognized a number of times from the industry as being a high impact learning organization, as recent as this year, placing number nine on chief learning officers, learning elite team. So congratulations to you and all of the team for demonstrating and evolving to being a high impact learning organization. Thank you, Keith. Yeah, that was very exciting to be recognized. And you said it, it's, it's been a real team effort, you know, everybody contributing and being part of it and coming up with ideas and solutions. So it was very rewarding and, and like I said, a, a great team effort. And I really can't wait to see where we go next and where GM goes next. So with that, Sally, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights, your best practices, a lot of great tactical tips that our listeners can take back and begin to apply in their organizations. So again, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you to our listeners. Please join us next time on another episode of the Performance Matters Podcast. The Performance Matters Podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts and listen on our website at gpstrategies.com slash podcasts.